I think for most people, this has been an extremely painful year. And I couldn't help as I was praying through the scriptures for this weekend, hear many of us crying out with Job in today's first reading. When he says, I have been assigned months of misery and troubled nights have been allotted to me. And he doesn't stop there. His, he goes to a place, a place that's even darker. He says, I shall not see happiness again. The, the lockdown, in many ways, and all the things corresponding to the pandemic has, has caused so many problems and so many emotional problems in our own lives. And it has also exposed other problems that were already there. I know on a personal level, it's been very difficult for me. In a place that I never thought I'd have to be, the things that I depended on for my emotional stability were kind of stripped away from me. And as a result, God is purifying me of my attachments, and I believe I'm a healthier person because of it. But in many ways, this has been very, very difficult. And it's been so difficult for some, the suffering has been so painful that some have given in to the wicked lie that life is not worth living. And they've ended it. You see, Job is being attacked by Satan. And it's important for us to remember that context. The entire book of Job is Satan trying Job. Satan harassing him, attacking him, killing his livestock and his family and all these bad things that are happening. And it's important for us to remember the context of Job's suffering. The context, there's a battle over him to see whether or not he's righteous. Why is that important for us? Because all of the sufferings that we've experienced in the pandemic come in the context of a battle. A battle into which we were born. A battle between good and evil. A battle between God's longing for us to seek him and his righteousness and the enemy seeking us to turn us away from him. Notice what happens when God sends his son Jesus into the midst of our suffering. God sends Jesus into the midst of the suffering, into a world that is in this battle between good and evil. And what does he begin to do? He begins to drive out demons. He begins to heal the sick. Notice what it says in today's gospel. He cured many who were sick with various diseases, and he drove out many evil spirits. God's response to our suffering is to begin to peel it back for us, to show to us what he longs for us to experience, the fullness of his life and love. That's why he heals the sick, to reveal to us his purposes about who he is. And he continuously, he continually heals the sick today. But he also drives out demons, healing the oppression that we often experience at the hand of evil spirits that seek to tempt us, to oppress us. And that's what he does. It's so interesting. We look at the New Testament of how they understood the mission of Jesus. Peter, as he's preaching to the house of Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, describes Jesus as one who is anointed with the Holy Spirit and who went about doing good, healing all those oppressed by the devil. That's why Jesus came, is to heal us, we who are suffering in this oppression, in this veil of tears in this life. We see in St. John's first letter, the reason why the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. That on the cross, Jesus destroyed the very power and the works of the devil. He disarmed the powers and principalities. 
He's destroyed them. You see, evil spirits are very real. I'm not saying that evil spirits are, 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 are so real and so, so numerous that we ascribe all uh, evil and suffering to them. And it's not wise for us to ascribe everything to demonic activity. And in many ways, we could say that, that Christians typically fall into one or two errors if they don't remain balanced on this topic. On the, on the one is that some Christians have a kind of an unbelief toward the supernatural. In many ways, it's because we're living in a culture that is increasingly secular, where we don't really believe that demons are present. That demons are really making, uh, inf- having influence in people's hearts and minds. In many ways, such people, they, they tend to psychologize evil. They, send to, they kind of reduce it to uh, poor structures or ignorance. They reduce evil, and they, they say, there's no such thing as a devil. There's no such thing as evil spirits. And, and in many ways, as Christians... We can sometimes fall into that because we're surrounded by a culture that does not have a biblical worldview. And as a priest, I know a lot of really good people who fall into this error. But on the other hand, and I think we all know people like this, there are people who fall into the worst, or not the worst, the the other extreme, which is they see demons under every rock, evil spirits everywhere. In fact, everything is because of the devil. Anything that goes wrong in my life or the life of society and everything, it's all because of the devil. The problem with that is that it takes away sometimes our personal responsibility and the fact that we live in a fallen and broken world. And sometimes evil happens because we're broken and we choose sin. But the fact is is that demons are very real and that most of us are tempted by them very, very often. And as a priest, demons became very real to me when I was a brand new priest uh, just in the first couple of years of my priesthood. I never had a problem believing in evil spirits. I, I experienced temptation ever since my conversion. And anytime you try to serve the Lord, the evil one's going to come and resist you. That's what happens, right? And so I didn't really struggle with that, but they became very, very real to me when I learned how to pray for deliverance. I learned how to pray how to deliver people from the influence of evil spirits. And let me tell you, I saw demons leave people's bodies. I saw people being delivered from the influence and the oppression of the devil and experienced freedom in Jesus. And so I'm not going to tell a lot of stories about some of these things because, quite honestly, I do not want to scare you. And there are some young ears here. But I do believe it as a church that sometimes we struggle with unbelief and we tend to ascribe all sorts of things that are happening to, to other causes. And so because there's a certain naivete sometimes in the church and because we don't often preach about this, I'm going to tell you one story. There was a brand new priest about two years, and there was a, a, a seminarian intern with me, and we got a call that, that there was this woman that was severely oppressed by evil spirits, or so she thought. And, you know, in these situations, we have to discern, is it psychological in cause, or is it actually spiritually in, in, in the cause? And so as we were, were praying with her, we realized this, this might actually be evil. So we went out to her house to bless the house, because we thought maybe the evil was coming to her from this house that was maybe haunted or, or demonized. So we just simply gathered around. I remember there, there was about 15 to 20 people in the room. And we gathered around in this room, and the seminary interns to my left. And I just remember praying, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, and bless this house. And immediately, this woman starts manifesting evil spirits. She's, her whole body starts to contort. Her face starts twisting. She starts speaking in a different language, and she starts getting very loud. And 
pandemonium breaks out in the entire room. People are crying, people are screaming, people are running around. And I remember at that moment, I just simply responded. I walked right over to her and I said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to be silent. I said that a couple times and she shut right up. And by the grace of God, she was delivered from evil. Not at that time. She needed some more help. I'll never forget on the way home, the seminarian intern who was with me, who is now a priest, he said to me, Father, it really works. He said, the name of Jesus is really powerful. And I said, yeah. I say that story not to say that such occurrences are common, but to say that the name of Jesus really can save us. That Jesus is our Savior. He wants to deliver us from the power of the enemy. And there's a lot I can say about our culture seeking to, look, to find freedom without actually understanding the nature of the problem. You see, without Jesus, we cannot have freedom. We cannot have what we look for. We have to know through our biblical worldview of, of the battle into which we are born. There's one thing I would like to say about demons And that's this, and I want all of you to know this. They're opportunists. They're looking for a place to attack you. They're looking for a place of vulnerability. They're looking to exploit you. And they're actually bullies. They want to harass you. They want to to make your life miserable. It's interesting, one of my favorite authors who writes a lot on on angels and demons, one of my favorite authors I like to read, he says that oftentimes when he finds people who are severely under attack and, and fighting a lot of spiritual warfare, it's because they're usually lacking in one of three areas. Friends, fun, and rest. They're usually lacking in the areas of their humanity. They're not, they're, they're, they're isolated from other people. They don't have healthy friendships. They're not actually having fun doing things for the sake of joy and experiencing God's joy and peace. And they're certainly not resting. Their lives are overwhelming. They're, they're too busy. And I just want to focus on this first one of, of friends and relationships. The fact is, is that we are made for relationships. We're made for connection. We're made for intimacy. We're made for giving love and receiving love. And in many ways, it's in friendship, in particular marriage, that we, that we are known and we are loved. It's where, it's where we experience support when we fall, when we fail. It's where we are strengthened. It's where we're able to be vulnerable and kind of show kind of our, 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 um, our weaknesses and our, and our love there. It's where we experience great joy. It's where, it's where we tell each other the truth. You see, if, if that's true, then, and if our relationship with God is the most important relationship we have, then our friendships are the most powerful places that we can have our relationship with God protected. And I think that we need to remember that our families, our friendships, are the place where the enemy wants to attack. This especially applies to marriage. He wants to attack that. And so the paradox is, is the healthier they are, the more we can resist the the attacks of the devil. In fact, I would say that most spiritual warfare can be effectively dealt with by learning how to build happy and healthy relationships of vulnerability and trust with the people around you. And so this year when we've experienced great difficulty and and trial on, on behalf of the pandemic, And if you're struggling right now, I want to ask you this question. How are your relationships? How's your marriage? 
Are you working on being a good friend? Are you working on what it means to, to forgive and to let go, to release the anger and the jealousy? Are you working on what it means to receive love and to be humble and to expose your heart to receive love? Because the devil would love to isolate you through your shame and through your rejection. He'd love to get you on your own so that you're a sitting duck to his tactics. We need to resist the devil who wants us to be isolated. And I would say that people who don't have healthy relationships, who don't have healthy family relationships, and people who are, are, are often the people who have been hurt and they're on their own. I can almost guarantee you, if you find someone who is a loner or is having a difficult time, you can almost guarantee he or she is being attacked by the devil. And we need to have compassion on them and not judge them. We need to come alongside of them and love them. This is one of the main reasons why I often speak about healing. I don't speak about healing because somehow this is just my thing. It's because if our wounds of relationships aren't healed, we're going to withdraw from others. And that causes us not to live in the freedom that Christ won for us. Yes, spiritual warfare and deliverance is about telling demons to leave. But in many ways, it's about making sure that we strive to ask Jesus to come and make us healthy. You see, the Christian faith is about relationships. It's not, they're not optional. And the truth is, is that the sooner we experience freedom is the sooner that we can go about the mission of Jesus, healing all those oppressed by the devil. And if we look around at our culture, we have a lot of work to do.